And this is Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are on the air with tonight's episode. My colleague tonight is the one and only with a very stylish shirt, Jason Scott. How are you doing, sir? My new Cleveland Browns t-shirt. Yep, just a shirt with poop on it. Literally <laughs> poop. But anyways... <laughs> Lane is probably going, what the hell do I get myself into? <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. For some reason, I thought you were talking about my shirt. And then I see that. I was like, oh, there's a, there's a oh, phone emoji. <laughs> Our guest tonight, he is a doctor of chiropractic. Recently had a classic match with Brad Baylor on Northeast Wrestling Tag Wars. He is Landon Hale. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good tonight. Uh, that match with Brad Baylor... That was a classic, but it didn't really turn out, you know, the, the way, way that we want it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see that. I did see from a fan's uh, perspective because they didn't get it good on the on the hard cam, but someone uh, caught it that he was pulling on the tights. And so I'm going to go back to management to see if there's any way that I can get a rematch. And I feel like I have a good chance of getting that. So fingers crossed. So if you could describe your wrestling career using one word, what would that be and why? Um, resilience. And the reason that I say that is that I've had to overcome a lot of adversity. I had to overcome a lot of different obstacles that's came my way. So being in chiropractic school, you know, wrestling while I was in school. So, you know, going through, through a doctorate program and then being able to learn under, um, Robert Gibson, that's my main trainer. And then just being able to, you know, understand everything like that. Um, just proving people that I belong in wrestling because this is that moment where I feel like I'm home. So that's why I say resilience because it's always an uphill battle. And considering that I just got back from uh, from wrist from my wrist injury, so you can see the nice scar right there. Yeah. So I was out since September, late September after I got injured at Fight Life, which I finished the match. Um, and then after I got and after I found out I had fractured my scaphoid bone, which is one of the wrist bones that sets in here, um, they're like, you need to have surgery. I was out for a long time. And the one word that I had for this year was resilience because I'm not going to let an injury set me back for a goal that I have achieved or that I am achieving. And so there's a lot of things that I have coming up. And one of them, they just announced an hour ago that I'm going to be wrestling a guy named Eli Knight in the Scenic City Invitational. And that's one of the biggest tournaments in the country, probably the biggest tournament in the Southeast. So resilience is my word for my career right now. Would you say that with your wrist injury, was that the worst injury you've ever had? Yes. Knock on wood. <laughs> yes. I've only had, I've only had like, a, like I've never fractured uh, any bone in my body before this injury. The only one that I've, I've, I've fractured a, a small bone in my, and my big toe and my senior year of high school. And so I was out for a month from playing basketball that healed up on its own. I didn't have to worry about surgery, but yeah, this is probably the most, this is the first time I ever had to have surgery that wasn't involving like injuries or anything like that. How old were you when you started training at wrestling school and what school did you go to? So when I started wrestling, so again, and I told you guys before we went on air that I'm from Kentucky. So there's not a lot. There's a few good promotions in the uh, like in Kentucky, but there's some you're just kind of like stay away from. This isn't the place. But at the same time, you have to get your foot in the door somewhere just to see where that opens up to. 
uh, one of my friends, uh, that's a, he's a wrestler uh, in the area as well, or he's, in, he's from my area of Kentucky. He, he was telling me like, hey, you know, like um, he made a post one day on Facebook and this was June of 2018, so about five years ago. And he was like, um, compare two wrestlers, named my wrestlers. Then we just kind of got on with like a wrestling back and forth spree on the comment section. Then I, um, then I messaged him directly and I was like, hey, how do you get into wrestling? I'm like, I have one life to live. Let's see where this takes me because I've been a fan of wrestling since I was five years old. So he was like, meet me here at this place. We'll wrestle. And I legit took my first ever back bump in a backyard, which was cool. I mean, the ring was set up in the backyard, so it was like a legit wrestling ring. Um, but he was telling me about like how to, you know, take a few bumps, but he didn't technically train me. It was just understanding how to take the basic bumps. But I was trained originally first under a guy by the name of Mike Sampson, which he goes by Iron Cross on the independents. Mike Sampson also did a bunch of um, uh, like he was, he was more like uh, enhancement talent to help out like back in the WWF days. So he got to wrestle guys like uh, the Hearts, uh, the Steiner brothers, so on and so forth. So he did some stuff with WWF back then. Um, and then I trained under him for a couple of months. So I actually technically had my first match after two lessons under him. So it was very like two uh, two lessons straight into my first wrestling match. And that was all by accident, which I don't mind telling you guys later. Um, and then after that, I went to school in Georgia for chiropractic school. Um, and that's where I was looking into different schools and different places to train at. And then one of them happened to be uh, Rock and Roll Hall or Rock and Roll Express Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, Robert Gibson. And so I trained under him extensively from late 2018 up until 2021 when his school closed. And then I had a little bit of training under AR Fox for about less than a year, but it was more so just like getting the reps in. He was teaching me a few things. And then when I moved up to Massachusetts, now I'm training at New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Being a chiropractor, that's a decent job that, you know, you can make a decent living out of. Why be a wrestler on top of it, knowing that, you know, the injuries, you know, the sacrifices and everything? Considering that when when we're kids, we've always had this dream of, you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to play in the NBA or oh, I want to play in the major leagues of, you know, any type of sport like that they play. And like, you know, have, they, have the, they have these big dreams that they want to be able to achieve. And as I, I got older, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life as a career path. And then as I got to that point of being a chiropractor, along with being a wrestler, and I've gotten a good hang of it. Now it's like, okay, I'm living my reality job. Like I'm living my reality dream. And I'm also living my like fantasy dream. Like I can say that I'm living both of those dreams in that moment. And I will say I have the best boss in the world because considering that, yes, you know, getting injured, I couldn't adjust and I couldn't take care of my patients for a few months. And that's because of my injury, which I have to be more careful with some of the moves that I take now. But when we were talking, he was just like, you know, like I, I explained everything to him and I'm like, I can do everything else outside of adjusting. And as soon as we came to terms with that he's like I told him I was getting back to wrestling but I was gonna commit to him and get back into adjusting before I get into it and he's respected and he understands that I have a passion for this and so he's all for it so I'm really thankful for my boss for that that is a cool boss isn't it yeah he's 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 really cool he's came to actually watch a couple of my wrestling matches so it was, it was really nice to have him on standby in case I needed an adjustment so tell us about your first professional wrestling match Oh, you'll love this. 
So, <laughs> so in Kentucky, and we talked about this before, that in Kentucky you have to have a state commission. Like there's a state commission, so you have to have a um, a license to wrestle there. So, so I had my first few bumps, and one of the other guys. So the guy that, so the guy's house that we went to when we took those back bumps. You know, God rest his soul. Um, he was like, he's like, man, like you have a good talent for this, especially with, you know, just doing a couple of quick bumps because when he was watching me wrestle, just kind of like, you know, do a little backyard wrestling, he was like, oh, like you're like, are you like, are you kidding me? This guy's like, he's good. And I was like, I've never taken a bump, like a back bump ever until that day. I had two training sessions. They were very like bread and bread and butter, like basics of like, you know, tackle drop down, like sort of that sort of deal, like hip tosses, arm drags, whatever. I had two sessions of that. Went to one of the shows in East Kentucky. I drove up to the venue and I was like, okay, like I'm curious on like what I'm gonna do because they're doing some sort of tournament for their vacant title. As I pull up, one of the uh, the promoter's wife was like, hey, do you have uh, do you have a license? And I said, yeah. And she was like, okay, you're gonna be a referee. Kind of bummed at that point, but I get it in wrestling as I've learned later on that people start somewhere, whether it's, you know, uh, tearing tickets at the door whether it's uh working at concession you know setting up the ring and not doing anything so, or being a ref and so i get that there's small processes in order to get into that stage of your career some have it in a very lucky way others don't very lucky on my end and when i was getting ready to go in one of the wrestlers was like hey we have the ring set up we can you know do a bunch of roll arounds and just see what's going on and i was like all right so i did the basics i listened to what he had to say and then he looked at the promoter and was like, you need to put him on your show. He could at least get through a match or two. So I technically won my first ever wrestling match with the shittiest knee to the face ever. It was awful. I won. It was awful. <laughs> and, then the, and then the second match, um, yeah, like it was literally in front of like maybe 30 people. So that was probably like the best feeling that I've ever had. But yes, that was my first ever match. It was like a five-minute match nothing too crazy and just ended it with the worst knee in the world. But I mean, you can see it on, you can look it up on YouTube if you feel inclined to, but your discretion is advised. <laughs> so tell us about your in-ring style. So I grew up with, I grew up with the likes of watching a bunch of uh, luchadors, a bunch of uh, high flyers. So I grew up more alongside of the WCW aspect versus WWF growing up. I was a big fan of Rey Mysterio Jr., Juventud Guerrero, Billy Kidman, Psychosis, those guys. <clears throat> and then as I got older, I realized that, you know, like I looked up to Rey Mysterio and I was like, okay, you know, I'm not 5'4", but I'm like 6'1", 6'2", on a good day. And I still implement a lot of the high-flying styles because that's taken from AJ Styles when I was watching him on TNA along with uh, Christopher Daniels, so on and so forth. So I kind of take my style to more so on the high flying side. I do a little bit of everything like technical ground and pound. Um, just a, like a bunch of like, you know, and I'm also inclined with the storytelling as well, because I know Robert Gibson's very old school. So he's telling me like the psychology behind wrestling and why you need to do this. So it's like, you could still do some of the quote unquote cool moves, but you can still add a little bit of why you do that. And it makes sense. So for me though, the high emphasis is on the high flying abilities. So tell us about your finisher and why is it your finisher of choice? So funny enough, I actually have a 
different. I have a few finishers that I have in the works, and that's because where I'm coming back from injury, I have yet to win my first match, hopefully soon enough. Um, the one that I used to come out to, or the one that I used to have, it's called Lights Out. And so before I would throw out, you know, light it up. And then for my opponents, it's lights out. You could technically do that in chiropractic because when you adjust someone, the lights are on. But if they're, you know, misaligned, it's lights out because there's no signal going from the brain down into the body. No, no messages are being sent. So the lights are out. So it's more so of a, um, if you guys watch um, New Japan, it's Takahashi's Dynamite Plunge. So where he goes uh, posts up right here and then to the side, but rather to the side, it's up and you're kind of up, up, up with your chest. Give it a second, like, oh shit, something's about to happen. And then through the middle, like I mentioned, Oku Driver. Okay. That's a cool move. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of others, but I'd rather keep those in the tank until they're actually used. And who knows, you may see it at the next Northeast Wrestling show whenever I'm there. So are, besides Northeast Wrestling, what are the other current promotions you're working for? So right now I'm working for Northeast Wrestling. I'm very thankful for them. Uh, I'm also working for Chaotic Wrestling. And some of those shows I'm back and forth because New England Pro Wrestling Academy is affiliated with Chaotic Wrestling because they're, you know, that's their gym. Um, so I just go in whenever I'm not booked for other places and that, you know, they give me those chances to, you know, show myself and they understand everything. I uh, love the guys there, Chase Del Monte and uh, Scott Guerin. Like they're they're great guys, and I'm so thankful to have them under or be under their wing for right now throughout the rest of my training, just to kind of keep the uh, I guess knock the rust off a little bit. Um, but yeah, chaotic, which I have this Friday, wrestling open. Uh, right now it's just, and then also Atlantic Pro Wrestling. They're out of Newburyport, Mass. Um, and then I'm also doing some stuff with. We Are Wrestling, which is a promotion out of New Jersey, New York, and their spot shows because they don't run every, like, every single month. They just do, like, once every few months, and they run shows there. Invictus Pro Wrestling. And then I'm getting ready to debut for Test of Strength uh, on June the 4th, I believe. And then I'll also do some stuff in the South because where that's where I was, you know, born and raised and wrestled for them a lot. So I'm doing action wrestling. And then again, I'm doing the Scenic City Invitational, which is one of the biggest tournaments in the country. So far in your career, what is your some of your most important matches to you? The most important matches to me, one of them was definitely Max Caster against Max Caster last year in July at Wrestling Open. And when and is and is one of those like kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit. I've had some of these matches where I'm just kind of like, you know, just doing what I need to do. And then he comes in and he said that he wanted to wrestle me. And so it's an honor to have someone as a high caliber talent on AEW as Max Caster to say that he wanted to wrestle me. And so regardless that I lost that match, that was probably one of the best matches that I've had. Ta uh, teaming up with Rhino uh, in May of 2021 I got to team with him in a six-man tag really cool stuff he like we were talking he's one of the nicest guys ever that was a that was a really cool matchup um I also think that doing some stuff with Larry Otto pro wrestling because that used to be Doc Gallo's promotion before he signed back with WWE but they were doing a bunch of impact plus shows and I was very fortunate enough to 
make those connections and I was able to be backstage at Impact and I had a chance to do some extra spots. So being able to be around some Impact wrestlers and, you know, seeing how all of that was, that was, it was such a really cool moment. Uh, but I'd also say as well, best matches that are very memorable as, and again, this is all coming from the Southeast and that's just because again, that's where a majority of my career heavily happened. And now it's like a lot of it's coming up here in the Northeast, but I've done a lot of stuff with action future showcase, which is kind of like a, a feeder brand of the scenic city invitational. And this is for wrestlers that have been wrestling at least five years or less. And I was in a, and it's a triple threat tournament. So there's three triple threat tournaments. The winner of those triple threats will fight for the triple threat championship. And then they'll be considered the future showcase winner. I was wrestling Eli Knight and another guy by the name of Whisper, which I think he's from the Northeast area. Um, and then from there, it culminated into me and Eli wrestling two more times, but in a singles match. And they have been nothing but off the wall, like bangers of, you know, back and forth pinball matches. And now we're getting ready to have our round three. So I'm very thankful for those matches that leads up to where we're at right now. So I, I think, and besides that, I think those are just the, the big hits for me, for sure. As of now. What championships have you held in your career and which one meant the most to you? Well, I've only held two. And I mean, and that's totally fine because I know titles don't really make a person. I mean, they sometimes they can, but you know, that you have your ideologies of you know what a belt does for you versus does it. Some people you don't have to have a belt on them to make them a superstar, you know, that sort of deal. Um, I've only held two belts. The first one I ever won was um Robert Gibson's uh promotions called All Pro Championship Wrestling. It's not there anymore, but it was in Douglasville, Georgia. And I was his two-time APCW heavyweight champion. Those moments, it, it meant the world to me. And especially during that time, too, um, Teddy Long was the booker there as well. We became really good friends. And so he was understanding, like, my role when it comes to, like, getting the people behind me and stuff like that. So I'm really thankful for that. And then I wrestled in Pro Wrestling Union, which they're out of South Carolina. The guy, Cole McAbee. Uh, he came up to me and he saw my first ever, I think this was like their first match back after COVID, like they're actually bringing back fans. So this was like early 2021. And he saw that I was doing a really good job with holding my own and understanding who I was trained by. So I ended up winning the PWU heavyweight championship. And it was, it's, it's the same replica as the NWA heavyweight championship belt, only with the pro wrestling union logo on it. And I've held that for a little bit. So both of those mean, they're near and dear to my heart i'm ready to win some more but even though those are the only two that i won they they hold something special to me any issue with fans because you hear reports about some fans like like here's drunk timmy thinks he's bigger than a wrestler and he's swings at you or some guy thinks they're a tough guy behind the keyboard and be like oh you suck and get away with it I've I've had I've had a few here and there where they're like, oh, this person's gonna kick your butt, or you know, just something harmless. When it comes to like the fans in in person, you know, I'm the good doctor for a reason. Like I try my best to be as transparent with fans, and so I, I give them a big hug. I'm like, hey, thank you for the support. I do have a lot of fans where they try to add me as friends on Facebook, and I try to tell them like, I have a fan page. I want you to be able to like that because there's a fine line between being a fan and then being a friend. Some of the people that 
that they would consider themselves fans as well. They kind of like grandfather themselves into my life that way. And I get it because some of them do, do podcasts and I'm very thankful for them. There's others that, you know, they do podcasts and they're wrestling and they, they're just, you know, like fans in itself, but they also just have fans in general, but they're also friends with other wrestlers. And it's just like, okay, like they're cool. That sort of deal. It's just kind of like a vibe check kind of, but there's others where I'm just like, Hey, like I'll be nice to you, but there's a fine line between fan and friend, if that makes sense. I always look at it like this. You request as like someone like me requests you as a friend. You accept. I leave you alone. But when you reach R H or Ring of Honor or AEW, I'll be like, "Yep, you see, he's one of my friends." <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's and, and and there are moments too where it's like people will like they they see they see stuff that goes on with uh, like online because like I post a picture from. Uh, again, two years ago when I was backstage at Impact, and someone's like, "Oh, Wayne is making an impact," and stuff like that. It's just like I just posted a picture, guys. You're taking this way out of hand. And you know, there's some people they jump quickly to conclusions, but you know, when it comes to fans, I'm very thankful for my fans because, again, it's that cliche of like, if it wasn't for my fans, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But especially going from the southeast up here, and you know, with if you exclude obviously from September to I guess April so like maybe a little over six months um I've had the chance to have fans from May to September of last year than May right now so and I've also been getting good fans at Northeast Wrestling as well so I'm really thankful for all of them that's been supporting me all the way but you know some fans suck I mean, you go you ever go through like Facebook or Instagram and you see like you know oh Cody's gonna beat Roman Cody's gonna beat Roman or Rock's gonna be at WrestleMania and I totally fabricate stuff just reflex I see that. I get annoyed by it because I will say <laughs> there are moments where they're like, oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. I try my best to like, I like, I like to read the comments. I don't like to engage because I'm just like, it's everyone's, everyone's opinion. Like everyone has an opinion. I'm not going to say my piece and then someone get mad at me because I have a different opinion than someone else. I will say the biggest thing though, for me is that I really was surprised that Roman beat Cody at WrestleMania. That's like the only thing that threw me off. I was like, okay, this actually shocked me. But other I, than that, when it comes to opinions, I I keep it to myself. I think that was one of those deals where they went back and forth until the very last, until the eleventh hour on who was going to win that match. I I really do because I mean it, it threw me for a loop too. I was expecting you know Cody to win, but. I, I do. I think it was it was they couldn't they couldn't decide what was best. I agree. And, and I think when they were seeing that, too. And again, everyone's everyone has their um, their philosophies or whatever when it comes to like, you know, Vegas, their book or like Vegas, they're betting this and they're betting that. And I'm sure like a lot of people were betting that Cody was going to win. And then Roman ends up just upsetting everyone because this is supposed to be Cody's moment to shine which I get it. It's going to be very, very long story or long term storytelling in that end. But I think everyone knew it because like even from the Rumble, because they were saying like, oh, yeah, Cody's going to win. And oh, yeah, Ripley's going to win. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is they're they're totally going to win because there's no like you pick out the options of who's in it. And then you're like process of elimination. There's no way that someone else. I still say to this day, though, and this is just the funny thing, is that Rey Mysterio technically didn't get in the ring to get eliminated. Cody Rhodes jumped over the ring or over the ropes to leave as soon as he won so technically Rey Mysterio is the winner of the 2023 Royal Rumble matchup <laughs> I love it Cody being Roman didn't 
uh, Roman being Cody didn't, you know, shock me. Just the way they did it. I mean, two crossroads. Then within like 15 seconds after, uh, what's Jason? What's his name? The solo. Yeah, solo gives Rose a spike. Reigns is fine running back and forth in the ring and doing his spear. I was like, well, come on, you didn't sell the finisher at all. I would have, see, my thing is, is that I would have been more shocked if they did the spike spear one two kick then you know there's like another crawl like because now it's like oh like they thought they had him and then that happened but then like another debauchery comes up where something happens and then spear one two three like that but the way they did that it was kind of like lackluster but in a good way where it's like oh you mother effers which <laughs> i guess they do a good job of storytelling I just think it's just the spike and then Roman falling on top of Cody for the one, two, three. That would have exactly. been better. Like you just made Reigns look like unbeatable. It's like, <laughs> really? Just made him so, uh, made him so like, yeah, like just stand up tall and just be like, I'm here. So if you could change anything in professional wrestling, what would it be? Probably the politics then that's just there's a lot of there, there's a lot of politics i try my best to not get into it but there's a lot of like he said this she said that sort of deal and i'm not a fan of it i'm i'm one of those that you know try to keep it as professional as i can just go in do my job no matter if it sucks or not if they say hey you're gonna get squashed in five seconds cool hey you're gonna have a 60 minute iron man match bleed do whatever cool i'll make sure to bring my inhaler there's just a lot of like when it comes to politics, I feel like there's a lot of different favoritisms and some of them are in a good way. Others is just kind of like, why? And so I just feel like if there's anything, I, I wish the politics would change and just go off of strictly talent and not so much, you know, the he said, she said stuff, I guess. Because it can also be kind of backstabbing as well. And the backstabbing, I guess, could be changed as well too. What are some of the major bullet points that you think someone needs to have on their resume to be a good professional wrestler? On their resume, what they would need, they need to put how many years that they've been training, where they've been trained, who has trained them, promotions. And again, like, and I've learned this the hard way too, because, because uh, I'm good buddies with uh, Richard Holiday. And I remember having a, like an, a legit resume sent to him as if you were to send it out to like an actual like, you know, restaurant job or what, just any type of job in general. And he was like this, he's like, I literally saw that it was three pages long and I immediately closed it. And so I realized that it only needs to be like one page of just a promo photo. Your, I, it has to have your, uh, your handles on socials at the top with your name, your gimmick. Um, they also have to put down your um, your phone number and email address that they can contact you in case they want bookings. Um, you have to have referral sources. So like anyone that if they ask for their number or ask for a legitimate source, they can, you know, contact them. Um, promotions that you've worked for, at least like the top promotions. So for me, I have like maybe eight promotions that I put as like a heavy hitter promotion. And then the rest I put like a few and then like so many others I've worked for them. Um, and then put seminars that you've attended because they'll see that you're well-rounded, that you're willing to travel to places to learn under different people. 
people look at it as a money gimmick. Others, they look at it as, you know, people that you can actually learn under. And I've definitely had some good experiences with that. So those are some good takeaways. You taking notes, Jason? I am. <laughs> there you go. So, Jason, you have any questions? I want to be... Uh, I so uh, when you moved from uh, Georgia up to the Northeast, what what was the driving factor with that? Just just work or oh, like like the reason that I moved up to Massachusetts? Yeah, yeah. Happy wife, happy wife, happy life. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I'm still stuck in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Georgia are you in? Well, I was, I was, I did 25 years in the Air Force and I was stationed. My last base was Robbins Air Force Base in Warner Robbins and uh, just below Macon. And I retired from there in January. And now I work at the VA hospital uh, outside of Savannah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, my, my cousin, he actually did some work in Warner Robbins. Uh, I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Jeff Spears. Because he used to, because he worked on the Air Force Base because he was an engineer there. Okay. But yeah, because when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that rang, that rung a bell. But yeah, my cousin was in Warner Robins, so I'm familiar with that place. And a, and a wrestler that's down in that area as well, his name is uh, Bryce Cannon. Or his wrestling name is Bryce Cannon, if you know who that is. Because he also does wrestling with a group called Exotic Youth, mm -hmm. if you know who that is. Yeah, yep. so he's from that area too. So it's... And uh, Sal Renaro lives down here too. Sal, I love Sal. He's he's one he's he's crazy, but I love him. He's he's we've had, awesome him, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to get Bryce Cannon on the show because uh, he's he's definitely a good guy to talk to, especially with his gimmick because they do like the they had their first ever frat party wrestling show at, at one of the, or at Zach Mosley's um um uh, what was it? a fraternity in Statesboro, I believe. So that's that's someone you could talk about like how it is like wrestling out of frat which is pretty cool so yeah i had exotic youth on this show or one of my other shows like it's been a while though and they were talking about you know they asked me if i could donate money so because they wanted a billboard that said exotic youth you know and i was like oh yeah. my god i was like that yeah, was i could do I something I remember that they were so because they were trying to revolt against uh, a promotion called Southern Honor Wrestling and they're out of Canton, Georgia. <laughs> and they were saying like, oh, they're like the best. Uh, they're the best tag team. And so they're trying to get like a GoFundMe to like promote for the billboard. <laughs> and they only got like a hundred dollars worth of like the so many thousand that they need. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah, I was one of the demos that donated a hundred bucks. Yeah, I was I was young and dumb as a broadcaster at the time. It's like younger times. I was just like, "Hey, I know you guys, really?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's too good. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't even do that. Oh. Not great. My wife heard me say that. Like, uh -oh. <laughs> like what do you mean, doing a hundred bucks on a billboard? <laughs> This is good. This is great. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> oh well, the next God, episode, man. we have divorce hearings. From... <laughs> How do you plead not guilty? <laughs> I, 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 well, you see, you know, I was young and dumb, man. 
That's too good. That's too good. Oh. <laughs> we, we have the receipts and the bank statements where you donated to the exotic youth GoFundMe site. <laughs> <laughs> they they came on. <laughs> no, we'll just... they came, I guess they came on. <laughs> the fact that you, the fact that you spent money on that though, that's too good. <laughs> I knew they were a big deal in the south, so I was just I thought to myself, you know, because we I just um got an email from Matt Cardona who wanted five hundred dollars for thirty minutes. Oh my god! So I get yeah. you know sometimes I get these fees or whatever like that. And at the beginning it was just like, okay, this is podcasting. I got to pay fees all the time. And no oh, man, that's too good. That's I loved his funny. response though. He's like, I'm "Sorry, that's my fee, bro." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can work something out, but five hundred dollars. I'm like, come on here. <laughs> He's like, "Sorry, I'm only home for a certain amount of time. That those are my fees." It's worth my time. And I was like, thanks. It was great talking to you through email, man. But unfortunately, oh, won't email, but so why do you think people buy tickets to see you in the ring? So why? Yeah, why? I, I think, and again, this is something that I've I've kind of came to a little bit ago because when I first started off, it was more so of just like, oh, he's got the athletics, he's got the look, he's got this. So you have to have something that kind of ties you in together. So when I was talking to, um, I talked to Max Caster about this. And when we were talking, he was saying, you have to have a Venn, like, like imagine like, like a diagram, like a Venn diagram of like, you know, one specific topic that's in the middle, everything else will tend to follow that. So if you if I say Max Caster, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The claim. Yeah, well, like, well, with him specifically, like, like, what's the one thing that you can think about when you think Max Caster uh, outside of the tag team? So music. Yeah, he's a rapper. Yeah, so that's like the first thing. So it's like I have all these different good and good and different qualities, but also everyone else has the same qualities as myself like they're very athletic they can do a bunch of other things um, in the ring as well but you have to have something that makes them stand out so you have to have those stories present I've always wanted to have my 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 real job and wrestling separated but I'm also thinking at the same time why not combine the two together so that's where the good doctor came which the guy that runs scenic city invitational Scott Hensley when he was telling me about me coming back down to the scenic city last year he was like here comes the good doctor Landon Hill and I'm like I never thought about it that way but it kind of gives some people a perspective of who I am so even though I have all these great qualities I can tie together that I'm a chiropractor so those are some good qualities and also like and again like with athletics and stuff like that that kind of ties in together because everyone has a uniqueness about them so I think this makes me stand out more in my own I guess more than what I was beforehand which Again, if you can put on tights and you can go to a ring, anyone can be a wrestler, but or anyone can play wrestler. But in order to make that presence, you have to have that character persona, then go into the ring to be that wrestler. If that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so, so that's kind of like my. So going back to like the ticket thing, um, it's just a lot of athleticism at first, but then now tying in everything else that's going along with wrestling to hopefully elevate that. How many days a week do you work out? At least 
it varies. I was technically supposed to work out today because I mean, I was going to be able to work out and then make the podcast, but I ended up just, it's raining here. We talked about this earlier too. I'm like, eh, I'm tired. I just got finished adjusting like over a hundred people by myself. So I'm just like, I'm just going to come home and relax. But typically if you include, I guess you would include wrestling since it's athletic abilities um, between four to five times throughout the week. What's your favorite cheat meal? Ice cream. Ice Nothing cream? beats ice cream. Yeah. And what's funny enough, before I came on the podcast, I actually had some ice cream. So I had hey. the, uh, the, I had the, the, the power was so so it's a it's a main it's a main restaurant it's a main restaurant it's a main ice cream it's called gift giffords i've heard of it before yeah power puck play so it's like it's like vanilla ice cream with chocolate swirls chocolate fudge and chocolate chips and it's like mixed into one. yeah it's it's good and then like so, and they do it and they have like the boston bruins logo on it too and so they have like I want to say like 20 some other different flavors, but it's I like we just I just demolish the hell out of it. And I'm I'm re- I'm ready to go to sleep after after this podcast because I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling it. But yeah, that's my cheat meal, it's usually ice cream. The, the Boston fans, the the Boston sports fans haven't converted you over yet, have they? I was gonna ask I, I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm technically converted already. I will say being in Kentucky and I'm sure that you know uh like if you're in the area of where there's like the bigger sports team so like if you're closer to let's say so like Columbus for example I'll use that as an example so like someone that's closer to Columbus they're they more than likely be like college-wise obviously Ohio State fan because they're in that area when it comes to pro sports teams they're thinking either Cleveland or Cincinnati so it could be like Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland uh, Browns, or, you know, like Cincinnati, where's the Bengals or the Reds for baseball. So luckily I was in that area of Kentucky where a lot of it was out of my zone for being pro sports fans. So before I was, I was a little bit of a Reds fan, which I'm just a big baseball fan in general. Um, Basketball. I'm just a big fan of that as well. I'm more of a player favorite versus team favorite because everyone switches nowadays and everyone's more so like oh like LeBron's the best so I'm following him wherever he goes so now you have Lakers fans all of a sudden um and then with football I even said this that no matter where I go I'm always gonna be a Packers fan hated the fact that Aaron Rodgers is at the Jets but I am a Packers fan always will be but the rest of the sports I can be a Bruins fan Celtics fan Red Sox fan easy yeah, but if Rogers is Rogers falling apart. I like, come on. I, I I know. I think I think with that too. I think if Devontae would have stayed and he didn't get traded, or if he didn't go to the Raiders, I think that would have been at least another year of like okay, a good amount of hope. But now that everyone's left, I don't think there's any hope. I think this is more of a rebuild season. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if they make it to the wild card. So that's all I gotta say. How quiet was your area when Boston Bruins lost in Game Seven? You, uh, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah, it that was. was... I, and what's funny too is that there's a couple of patients that we talk sports sometimes, and um, there's someone was like, "Yeah," because they were explaining to me more of because um, again, like when it comes to sports, the the more like the few uh, rules that I know of are like football, basketball, baseball, so I know all of those when it comes to like 
how the game works. Hockey, I'm kind of like here and there with it. So someone was mentioning to me that there's a President's Cup and then there's the Stanley Cup, which I knew about the Stanley Cup, but I didn't realize there was a President's Cup for winning the or like I guess having like the best record in the league. So they were saying like, oh yeah, like the Bruins are on a on a hot streak. And then they ended up, um, they, he was saying like, yeah, like it's impossible to see the, the President's Cup and the Stanley Cup won in, in the same year. It hasn't been done or it hasn't been done in a while. I don't, I don't know the history behind it. But when, he, when we were talking about that, he just comes in. He's like, it's like I told you we couldn't do it this year. So it, it was the sound of silence for sure. It was a complete meltdown. They were up three games to one and all of a sudden Florida, which Florida's still in it. It looks like they're winning really- the Stanley Cup. I'm shocked. And that's the same thing with um, with the Celtics and the Heat, you know, because I, I was even saying it, too. And this again, this goes back to the whole like Las Vegas, maybe gambling situation. But I'm thinking that they are they're going to push it either game five or game six. And then they'll and then like now it's going to be heat and nuggets. I can see it. I'm calling it. But I I was hoping that the Celtics would do good this year. I mean, they did really good this year, but. Just seeing the way that they're playing now, I feel like it's going to go to either game five or game six, and it's going to be Nuggets and Heat. And I'll probably call, I'll probably call Heat. I'd like to see the underdogs win. You put your money on the Heat. You want to put it on the Nuggets? <sighs> Joe Jokic is good, and then uh, like I would like to see Jamal Murray win a ring. Which I mean, I know that you know he's been uh, like, like he's good. I'm just trying to think because he's a Kentucky. Wildcat player, but also Miami Heat. They have Bam Adebayo. They have Tyler Hero. They so those are a couple of guys I'd like to see. And I also like to see Jimmy Butler win a ring. I think he's overdue for one. Hey, they're they're a bubble team. They're still in there. Mm-hmm. So I can right see there. them. I can see them winning. I can see them winning. I'm just glad it's not the Warriors. I like I like Steph Curry a lot, but I'm just glad it's not the Warriors this year. I'm just glad it's not the Lakers. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and they got they got swept. Uh, that was nice. I yes, admit that. Yes. Oh, nice. So, what's what do you see yourself in five years? Five years. I am hoping that I am in a different apartment slash condo than this place that I'm in right now. Um, but yeah, in five years, I'm hoping that my wife and I are working together because my wife's a chiropractor as well but we work in separate offices Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping that in five years we get to work together hopefully have a family by then Um, I'm hoping to be signed to a tv contract and then being able to do both wrestling and chiropractic at the same time being able to utilize that but also spread the message of chiropractic and how beneficial it is to you and your life so that's kind of like my ideal thing right there Hey, Britt Baker's willing to pull it off being a dentist. Good point. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, and I think, too, because, again, it's like you can only do so much because it's like dentist work. It's like, if you think about it this way, everyone goes to the dentist because they need their teeth cleaned or they need something fixed. It's like with chiropractic, they have options of like, oh, if they want to be under care or not. So that's when we give them the information, give them the education, tell them and make them understand the reason that you're here and understanding what's going on. Let them take the information and then run with it. 
And that's where they're like, okay, like, is it worth this or it's not? I say chiropractic, I tell this to everyone that chiropractic is not for everybody, but I still think it's something to give a shot to see if it is going to be for you. Because at the end of the day, you only have one spine. Have you ever thought just opening up your own practice? So your wife and you? Yeah, my wife and I have thought about it. So in in that five-year deal, we were thinking about like working together in a practice but then later on once we have the finances and taking every care of everything that's when we're going to open up our own practice so i'm hoping that we will it's just money that's holding you up that's all it's money yeah it's just money it's not a big deal money. jason has a lot of it look at him yes <laughs> so what are some of the shorter term shorter term goals short term goals um to win the scenic city invitational um to be to to be more well known around the area and also to be able to uh not because again you know it i i I will say i have been acclimated to the area a little bit but not enough to where like hey let's go branch out to to the west coast or let's go branch out to the midwest it'd be great to go back there it'd be great to go there to wrestle but i think i need to be more established in the northeast so i'd say right now short term be able to be more established in the northeast then being able to, you know, travel to different places, work for great promotions. That's going to help me get to where I need to go. That'd be cool to get some looks again, not saying like I would put pen to paper right now. And again, I work Monday through Thursday at my chiropractic job. So that's going to be kind of hard for me to say, Oh, I'm going to sign to AEW or, or I'm going to sign to impact or unless they do something where it's like part-time that I'm like, you don't have to be there till these weekend dates and i'm like all right cool because i don't work on fridays that's dope so that's just kind of like my idea right now but so far just building a better name for myself building a a really good reputation like i have been and just continue to keep the ball rolling still be a great chiropractor and then just be an awesome husband what events do you have coming up so i have tomorrow i have wrestling open um you can catch that live on iwtv I'm going to be wrestling for Chaotic Wrestling uh, the following night on Friday. I'm wrestling JT Dunn. That's going to be held in East Boston. I'm wrestling June the 3rd. I'm trying to, like, think about this real quick. I think I'm wrestling. Oh, yeah, I'm June 3rd at APW. It's a mystery show. I don't know who I'm wrestling yet or I don't know what type of match it's going to be, but I'm wrestling uh, in Derry, New Hampshire on June 3rd. June 4th, it's still, um, I'm, I'm still waiting for, um, I'm still waiting for, and no, wait, was it June? Oh, yeah, June 4th is um, Test of Strength Dojo. I'm wrestling Itchy, or no, I don't know who I'm working. Anyways, uh, but no, I'm wrestling there. And then I have June 9th, I am wrestling Gal Barquet and Northeast Wrestling and at Lucha Mania. Uh, that's with uh, El, uh, I can't pronounce his name, El Hijo, El E. As in the Viking, that's why I say just the Viking. The, the son of the Viking, yes. Yeah, um, the guy who does a bunch of flippy stuff that's really cool. Yes, yes. So I'm wrestling, so uh, so I'll be wrestling there. And then June 11th, that's to be determined. That's kind of like a toss-up in the air. Um, it, it may be the Fenway show, which that'd be really cool. Um, what else do I have? I'm trying to think of like at the top of my dome, so apologize in advance. Um, I'm also wrestling at Six Flags for Northeast Wrestling, which is pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey. And then I have, I think it's like, Jul- I think there's like a, a July show or two for Northeast Wrestling. And that's going to be back in Bethany. 
And then July 8th is to be determined. I can't announce anything yet. And then July 14th and 15th, I will be down in Scenic City um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that you can catch on IWTV. So that'll be a wonderful tournament. And that's where like Timothy Thatcher's on there as well as a bunch of other good stars as well. What time is the chaotic event tomorrow night? Uh, a uh, no, uh, the next night, uh, eight o'clock. That's Friday. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow is Friday. wrestling open Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Friday's easier for me. Yeah, I'll catch that event. I didn't know chaotic had an event Friday. I'll catch it. Yeah, I'm wrestling. Uh, I'm wrestling JT Dunn. That'll be a hail of a matchup. Yeah, because I I get the app, so I can definitely. That's such a cool app. I'm so JC. If you haven't gotten the app yet, you're a loser. <laughs> that, that is such a cool app. I am sorry. You see all sorts of different promotions all over the world. There's the smaller ones, like where people where they have their beginnings. It's just really cool. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media? So on social media, you can find me again. This goes back to the Facebook thing. I don't mind. Like if I'm cool with you, I don't mind adding you as a friend. But at, from a fan perspective, please like my fan page not my friend request but it's uh you can look me up landon hill on facebook you can also look me up on instagram uh landon hill three and then twitter at hail yeah three because i'm a punny person uh you can also look up some of my matches on youtube you can also look up uh, some of our matches on iwtv if you'd like to throw in a support and to buy a good doctor t-shirt you can go to www.prowrestlingtees.com slash Landon Hale to get yourself a good doctor shirt today. Jason, any final questions or thoughts? I uh, just want to say uh, I, I admire what you're doing. You know, you've got a, a full-time career uh, being a chiropractor, but yet you're still following your dream. Uh, it's something that I wish I'd have done 25 years ago. Uh, when I started, I started out in St. Louis, which was a hotbed for wrestling back in the late 90s. And a friend of mine and I were going to do it, and we just didn't for whatever reason. But but I, I, I admire you and respect you for doing that. So keep I it up. It there. Thank you, sir. And again, thank you for your service. And I'm sure it's, uh, sometime during the summertime, I'll be seeing one, a couple of your events, events live. I, I gotta go to Jason. It's been a while since I've been to an event, especially a Northeast wrestling event. I'm overdue. Yeah, you need to do your own vlog. I've done hey, two so far. Well, it's just, just because you were dr drinking during your vlog doesn't mean it's my fault. But, anyways, see, I edit nothing on this show. So, whatever he says before a vlog, I was like, oh, I guess he wants me to put this on here. Apparently there not. <laughs> We started doing something. We got we go to this uh, intense wrestling entertainment over in Augusta. Uh, me and another friend of ours that's sometimes on the podcast. And the last two shows we've gone to, we decided to do something kind of like what the Young Bucks do, uh, BTE, yeah, and just clip, film little clips of of our our adventure that night, getting leading up to it at the event after the event. Um, and then we, and then Vic splices it all together and turns it into like a 10, 15 minute video and posts it on the, on YouTube. So oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And they embarrass this show more than one time, but that's another story for another episode. <laughs> Lena, <laughs> appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Like I said, I'll be catching you sometime during the summer, watching a free, uh, watching you live. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate y'all.
And thank you very much for everyone listening. And thank you everyone for watching. This is Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are all out.